Welcome to Men in Confidence, Sherry, where we, the men of a certain age, share our thoughts, ideas, and opinions in confidence. I am the host for today. This is Tony, and we are joined by Sean, Terrence, and Rhino. So one by one, we'll just give our introductions. Hello, Sean. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Hello, Terrence. Hello, hello. Greetings. And hello, Rhino. What's crackalacking? Not much crackalacking today, but we are going to continue from our last discussion about the siege on the Capitol and everything that's going on political. So we were probably a little bit more fiery a couple of weeks ago. Fiery, fiery, not fairy, but fiery (laughs) a couple of weeks ago. But we've had some time to see the aftermath and even see an inauguration, the exiting of an old president, inauguration of a new president. So it's a new day. Yes, it is. So we get to ask the men in confidence how they feel. What are your feelings about the status of the country right now? I definitely feel a lot less pressure. That anxiety level went down the day of the inauguration. <clears throat> and in the days that followed, I just I just felt better because there wasn't all this press about the 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 crazy people that decided that they were cool with storming the Capitol and disrupting things for uh outgoing President Trump who as I said before and I will say again I felt only really cared for him cared about himself he was only concerned about retaining his own power and having his own thing and being a little desperate king I guess I don't know maybe that's embellishing it a little bit but I I definitely feel like um, a lot less pressure I feel like things um are going in a better direction. Um, of course, that's yet to be seen. I don't know what um, um, President Biden is going to do, but I, for the first time in like weeks, I I I feel not stressed about our country. I don't feel like we're going to imminently implode and destroy and fall off of the face of the earth and get invaded by neighboring countries who want to see us destroyed. We're looking at you, Canada. Uh, but um, I actually, I, I feel a lot better. That's good. You got to watch out for those tricky Canadians. They'll come and get you. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so who's next? Terrence, Sean. Okay. Okay. Since Sean, since Sean ain't saying nothing, I'm gonna jump in here. Um, you know, I, I have said on a couple of these already that I'm the cynic, and I'm always kind of the doom and gloom kind of voice up here, and I hate that about myself sometimes because it sounds like I'm just this harbinger of bad news. I'm not stressed like Rhino said about the country. I don't feel like, you know, America is one of those 
asshole countries that the former president was talking about, even though he wasn't talking about us. You know, I feel like the inmates are no longer running the asylum. We've wrangled them up and we're trying to get them back into their cells. So, you know, there's a sense of normalcy starting to kind of happen. I'm still apprehensive because we had an insurrection happen two weeks ago and those domestic terrorists are being dealt with and personally they're not being dealt with severely enough or swiftly enough in my mind but that's just in my opinion so that's one of the reasons why I'm still a little apprehensive reason number two for my apprehension is Yes, we have a new commander-in-chief. We have our first ever woman vice president in Kamala Harris. So shout out to her for that, for sure. I have my apprehensions largely because what does that mean? I, Joe said a lot of good things and he's, you know, trying to bridge the gap and, you know, restore the balance within the force so to speak but I'm still looking at this from a black perspective and I'm like okay what you gonna do for me now that all the crazy has been removed from the White House we're still back at the same place that we're always at as black people when it comes to politics what are you gonna do for me and that's why I'm apprehensive because fact still remains Joe had a hand in a very nasty crime bill that adversely impacted our community and now he's the president I'd like to think that he's learned a little bit from that and you know having spent time with a certain Mr. Obama has enlightened him a little bit and that's possibly probably true I still have my apprehensions and nerves moving forward but again the good news is the inmates have been wrangled and we're getting them back into their cells so can just kind of breathe that sigh of relief and you know we've put out this fire let's get to the next one okay appreciate that comment and one of the good things is, as opposed to the last time, we actually have all four of us here, so now we'll go to Sean. Yeah, I'll be here. I'll be here. I did. I, I did. I uh, I missed. I, I thought I had missed this first part of this because <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't remember expressing, expressing my fire and stuff at the, uh, all the stuff that was happening from before and whatnot, but, uh, you know, <laughs> Do share. Yeah, I could, and I know. Yeah, I, I know. I could uh, could go off about it and stuff like that if it was still in there. Um, it was just, it was so, it was crazy to see. I know it was crazy to see for me that whole thing. I know I'm recapping it, but I'm just saying, I, I would have never thought that uh, you know any average anything any person could get that far, you know, within it, and it's hard not to then start running a bunch of conspiracy theories when, you know, I 
mean, if I was in the middle of, of D.C. by the White House and decided to jump over the wall and run for the front porch, I feel like I would have been sniped about four times before I could have got there. <laughs> Just from shooters on the roof or whatever the case may be. And even if I organized a straight up protest or whatever, I still feel like there's no way I could have been, you know, coming down the halls to the point of being in offices. Like who, who even organizes that? What are you talking about? How did this happen? I just was absolutely shocked. But then I started thinking about it and I was like, you know what? I know how it happened. Same thing, all of this crap happened. You know, the certain folks was empowered and that's what it was. They was empowered, they had backup. So yes, we are at a Wusa moment. The backup is gone. <laughs> I feel like those who know and felt they had backup no longer have backup. So uh, you're gonna need to go back in the silent again and stop being so emboldened to speak up. That's what my advice is to you. Um, hopefully, hopefully, feeling hopeful for the country. That's basically what it is. I feel my uh, my colleague Terrence here. I'm still a little bit cynical. I still have a tendency to have that one eyebrow raised and look at it and go, mm, mm. <laughs> I'm still watching you. I'm still watching you. Don't get me wrong. Uh, even though, uh, you know, Biden was vice president. He was vice president to, uh, to Obama. Everybody knows this. This is facts. Uh, what's not facts and may not be known is that I wasn't necessarily all the way on board with all of Obama's policies and that particular half of the cabinet. I, I realized he had a fight on his hands and we do. That's why I'm a little bit more hopeful because we, if, and you guys can clear me up on this when, uh, when I finish speaking, but some stuff has changed within the Senate as well, right? We have a, uh, what is it? Is it a, if it's not a Democratic majority, it's at least a 50-50 split right at the, at the moment so um, and maybe possibly that'll help get some things that uh, were helpful for us to get past but I agree you know, and, and I know the stereotype that that fits into the stereotype all the way back to Janet Jackson days what have you done for me lately and I know they have that stereotype about us as black people always saying, what have you done for me? What will you do for me? But I don't see it. It's not even just for, for me. It's not even just a, a black issue. That's just got to do with more of a, a overall in the country issue. You know, how do you make me uh, say that none, or pick none of the above again or feel like I can just go, let me just put on my blindfold and go eeny, meeny, miny, mo because none of you are worth a go. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I go to the next election. So um, I'm waiting for him to prove it. I hope he can. We'll see. We'll see. I wait anticipatedly. Um, but yeah, that's 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 where I'm at. I, get, I give Mr. Biden credit. He has gotten to work quickly, signing his first two executive orders on that very first day <laughs> to reverse some things. I was impressed. I was like, okay. Not saying I necessarily agreed with the two wars that he signed, but I would say he he was getting to work really quickly. So um, I'm hoping for the country, and like they say, it's a woo moment we get to breathe again. But uh, forever watchful and forever the the uh, the cynic always. So that's where I'm at with that. Okay, appreciate your comment, Sean. And yeah, you're right. The 
right now the Senate is split 50-50 down the middle, which is weird. I don't know if that's ever happened before, but legally what happens is if there's ever a 50-50, if there's ever a decision to split 50-50, then the vice president, which would be Kamala Harris, would, would be the decision maker. Be the tiebreaker. Oh, so this is a rare scenario in which Democrats theoretically have the majority in the House, in the Senate, and they have the presidency. So they haven't faced that in a while. There's been the Republicans have controlled the Senate for I know for a number of years. I don't know when the last time they controlled uh, the House of Representatives, but they've controlled the Senate for a number of years. Number of years. A number of years. Like years to the years. I think it's been at least ten. Yeah, just, I could be wrong, I but I believe it's been at least at least ten. But at the same time, this makes room for a lot of legislation. A lot of things that may have been intended to be passed by, for instance, Barack Obama, President Obama, that he couldn't get by. There are opportunities now to do that because if the Democrats can get in line, they have they they can basically they have the power to do what basically Republicans have been doing for a long time, which is falling in line and getting their agenda pushed forward. Like this is this is a rare scenario. And I and and this is not a well at least I don't think so. I don't think this show is aligned politically. <laughs> <laughs> but but I would say that I know that like I personally don't re- reckon recognize myself as a Republican but I know that's got to be a little scary for them right now that that they're they can't stop it right they can slow things down maybe a filibuster here and there but they can't really stop anything like a vote is a vote like if if it gets passed by the house and the senate approves it 51 to 50 that's it right President signs off on it. That's it. Yep. Yep. Like that. That's, that's it. That's the way it goes. I yeah. mean, uh, unless the Supreme Court says it's unconstitutional, which is which the Supreme Court is probably more right wing leaning because I mean they did put like about three justices up in the last couple of years. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and there'll be some of that, Tony. I, I promise you. I don't think we'll get through we won't get through the whole thing without there being some some challenges to that's unconstitutional and this, that, yeah. But I, I will I will give the Supreme Court credit not and not to get too politically deep, but I will give the Supreme Court credit. Like even the even the right wing appointed justices have a tendency to rule down the middle like they don't tend to stick to party lines very much when it comes to their rulings in the supreme court like some of them have their some of them already have their biases like some of them are pro-life you know regardless and some of them may be you know pro-choice regardless like they may they may have their hard set beliefs. Like no matter what, I'm gonna rule pro life. No matter what, I'm gonna rule pro choice. But just because something is a right wing, you know, policy, they don't necessarily, 
or a left wing policy, they don't just strike it down just because you know that's not their political party. Thank goodness. Right. That's kind of their job to be impartial and fair. So thankfully, they tend to do that more times than not. It's good because we can't fire them. <laughs> that. <laughs> But I'm going to go off on a tangent. Uh, I feel like the presidency of Donald Trump has taught us a lot. It's taught us that a lot of things need to be written down. Like a lot of the stuff that we used to think was by the honor code and by the, oh yeah, they'll surely do that. Nah, we need to put some, make some of this stuff long. That's right. That's like, right. Like, if you lose, you lose. You can't say, right. I didn't lose. You can't call the state of Georgia and say, find me some votes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't decide. You can't decide. This person, well, this person saying that the count is this. Well, fire that person and get someone else in there. <laughs> now you can't do that. Oh, my goodness. All the all the things that you think that you, we were taught as children, the way that the president is and the way that the government works, Trump seemed to step outside of all of that. You know, it's, it's like, come on, man, you you know what your job is. Surely by now, why aren't you doing that? But that was always his agenda. I mean, he always said he was going to go in and change, shake things up and be the anti-politician. Not in those exact words, but basically he wanted to drain the swamp and get, you know, revolutionize how government was done, more or less. Well, at least think it through first. <laughs> you know, well, I, he just he just seemed to be like a wild cannon to me. Well, to, I guess to me, like Trump is like the ultimate... Like everybody, anyone that's <clears throat> not from the right side of the tracks have seen a hustle man before. We know what a hustle yeah. man is like. Right. 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 And this is true. The the hustle man has the power to see what the law is, not break it, just bend it a slide in between there a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like right. if if a sign says no parking here from eight to five, he will park there at eight oh one and then move his car at four fifty nine. Right. I didn't right. park from eight to five. I was right underneath. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I had a gunner search right. that had a label for activities like that. He called them sea lawyers. They see how they could get between the law and, and, and still get by without actually like breaking the law. I like it. I like well, he is a professional sea lawyer. He is all yeah, up in the ocean. <laughs> see, he is a professional. see how to get right up. <laughs> see how to get exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bad, so, so, fellas, let's take a, a short pause for a commercial break. And we'll be right back. Hey, 
And we're back, resuming conversation with the men in confidence. We were talking earlier about the government, the siege on the Capitol, Trump, the Senate, the House of Representatives, the court system, and just about everything in between. So now that we are in a new administration, I would like to ask the men in confidence, what do you think is one of the most important things that needs to be addressed? Okay, I'm just gonna go hit the ground running on this one because black people I feel like this. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can feel it, but I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. What is like? I felt it deep in my soul. Black people. That wasn't even. Honestly, that's not where I was going this time. Okay, my, my bad. My bad. Maybe that wasn't. Maybe that wasn't you speaking. Maybe that was me speaking. Okay. But anyway, I'm gonna settle down. He had oh the red The host is gonna dial it back from nine to about four. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So we're gonna do that again. And we're gonna say. Okay. So what Ooh. do you think is one of the first things that should be addressed in the new administration? Go, Terrence. Our plan. Whatever the plan is moving forward, specifically on the virus, I think that to me was like the most alarming thing in the world to hear. Wednesday, the president walks in. Clearly, he's already undermanned because... 45 had pretty much cleaned house quite literally and got rid of everybody. But to find out that there was no plan in place for the virus and we've been just kind of winging it for the past nine months, 10 months, I tried to have this conversation with my son and I broke it down in terms of with him like this. I'm like, okay, you we play chess together or we try to every now and then. I'm like, can you imagine trying to play chess and 45 had some kind of weird confusion going on with chess pieces because he wanted to be the king, but at the same time, he felt autonomous and like he could move in any direction all over the place like the queen. And our lack of a plan was essentially knocking out every pawn off the front line getting rid of his left rook, his right knight, and the left bishop. Go. (laughs) What? (laughs) That strategy was about as sound as Capitol Police at the Capitol building during the insurrection. It just was like holes everywhere and doomed to fail. Are, Are you freaking kidding me? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous that you wouldn't have some kind of a plan. Even down to the county level of, of, of our our nation, 
they have some sort of disaster plan or at least someone in charge of making sure, hey, if a hurricane hits us, this is what we do. If a tornado hits us, this is what we do. Why wouldn't we have something like that in place on the national level? Okay, so I know that we're upset that there wasn't a plan. Are we really surprised that there wasn't a plan? At the same time, though. Way to bring it back down to reality. Way to bring it back and just kind of level it. it. Yeah. We we should be less surprised. Not surprised. He fired so many people. Somebody with the plan probably got terminated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have a great plan, honey. I have this all laid out. Our nation is going to be doing beautifully because I want to leave something behind that will outlast me. And you go into work that day and Trump doesn't like the way your hair is cut. You're terminated. You're fired. You are fired. Wait a minute. Mr. President, you realize this isn't a show. Yeah, I know this isn't a show. You're fired. Pack up your desk and get out of here. Are you serious? It's not the haircut that got him fired. It's because he didn't like one of his tweets that got him fired. He was that petty. I absolutely feel like it. Oh, you didn't like my tweet. The fires are going to take it. I'm going to hit Take this one. I can't, I can't do this one. You forgot to build it with me then. This plan goes with me. That's right. That's right. Do it without me. Get Let, let, let the next guy come in here and, and, and do better. Figure out a plan next. I'm going to take my plan and I'm going to go to Canada and then I'm going to help them overthrow you. How about that? Because that's what we do, A. Eh? <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that was my biggest issue. It's just like hundreds of thousands of people have died. And it's because somebody was just like, eh, we'll figure this out as we go. What's the worst that could happen? That's ridiculous. Yeah, and, 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 and we kind of we kind of casually throw these numbers out there, but think about it. Those of you who are listening to us, these were your uncles, your aunts, our, our parents, our family members that are dead because the president didn't have any sort of plan set up. Didn't even have somebody there to set the plan up. Or to, to a president, the reason why he chooses a cabinet is he gets these people in his corner because these people are going to help him run this thing. Help him fulfill his office of the presidency. And this dude was so arrogant that he thought he didn't really need anybody. That's what I'm getting. That he didn't think that he needed anybody. I can do it. Oh, I just can't wait to be king. <laughs> you want to be king, but you got so much to learn, dude. Maybe he should have run up with a pig and a marsupial and go and learn something out there in the jungle. Okay, so let's try to bring it back close to the question because I know that everyone has years of pent-up Trump frustration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we all probably could use a little therapy to to get that out of our system. But <laughs> but in the meantime, like, what can we expect from the 
current administration. I think Terrence has already given a very good point in the, the virus, COVID, a plan. What are we going to do? I think, I think, yeah, I definitely think we can expect them to have a, have a plan. They are going to probably, uh, or at least give the semblance or the appearance of a plan in place going forward about COVID and things like that. We can look for that. We can definitely look for them to be to be trying to rescind probably a lot of policies and uh, you know things of that nature. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. And you know, getting back to wondering what the most important thing is. You know, I, I probably think of a hundred things when I'm not on the podcast. When I get off, I'll be like, I should have said that. I should have said that. <laughs> right now, it's not coming to me. But, uh, you know, I just, I just, like I said, I just really hope they do a better job of a lot of things. Um, you know, communicate that's over Twitter. That's for definitely sure. Stop with the Twitter stuff. I'm glad to see that go. <laughs> Let's just do your addresses. You know, put the right people in place, like you were saying, T. You know what I mean? I hope he gets his right people in place and, and actually get some help. Write what your speechwriter is for you, Biden. Just, you know, you get people, you have people in your corner for this. He wrote it, spin it like he wrote it. Don't give him fits, man. <laughs> that last guy had a heart attack. It was just like, that's not what I wrote. <laughs> he screwed it all up. But, uh, and hopefully, okay, so, hopefully it'll go better. I know I, I dropped out. I probably did. No, 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 you're fine. Okay, so I saw Terrence asked to go, so hey, man. I didn't mean to, like, cut Ryan out and, like, go off on another tangent, but another thing that needs to be addressed unfortunately is the man himself you know he's already made history by being a two-time two-time impeached president you know personally I feel like okay we're at the place now where three strikes you're out we got to go ahead and get that uh, third impeachment trial over and done with so that he loses any benefits that are typically associated with being a former president. And the reason I say that is because for all the calm and, you know, woosah we're experiencing right now with him having been removed, he's still a voice. He still has some sort of uh, influence. And there are still people out there who are beating his drum at this point in time so for that I feel like he still has a certain uh, amount of cachet and we need to try and get as much of that out from under his grips as possible okay Ron are you want to go and I'm done this time yeah actually Terrence I just kind of segue I kind of let my emotions get a hold of me <laughs> and I kind of segued into the back in the way you were saying I, I apologize for that but um, something else that I think this new administration should do is not alienate those Republican people I mean they're still Americans granted <laughs> they misunderstand things but 
a major part of us moving forward is helping people to understand that nobody is against them. Now, I'm not I'm not talking about the people that decided that it was cool to raid the Capitol. They're getting what they deserve. You know, you don't just they're, they're, they're being dealt with. I'm talking about those regular Americans who thought like I thought once. I absolutely thought Democrats were evil. All right. And then I learned that, hey, there's some evil Republicans too, you know? But um, I think if they're going to move forward and if they're going to be successful and not um, just use their position oh, we got the senate we got the house we got the presidency we got the vice president rather than using that as and i'm not saying that they will but using it as a bludgeoning device to pull their way through the crowd um connect with people reconnect with them be transparent help them to understand look we have to move forward as a nation, not just Democrats and Republicans. I, I really don't like the fact that we have this two-party system because it it really, it divides us. It's, it's a natural divider and it separates people and it puts people uh, on each side. And tinfoil hat here, I think it's used to control us, but that's another topic for another day. I think if we're going to move forward as a nation, they're going to have to start communicating with people. They're, they're going to have to not alienate people. I don't know all the answers. You got the job. You figure it out. Maybe there's somebody out there that, that has an answer and they can submit it. I don't know. All I know is if we're going to move forward, we've got to bring everybody together. Even dare I say it. Even those hardcore white supremacists who <laughs> who hate people simply because of the color of their skin, they've been misinformed. They've been misinformed. We've got to educate our people. We've got to do a better job of educating our people and not hiding history from them. Look, this is how it was, but we don't have to be that way moving forward because if we don't, we're going to end up going right back. Hence, people raiding the Capitol. And I'm done. Okay. Let me jump in on the tail end of that. Because I agree and I kind of don't. I do agree in unity. I do agree in we got to break down some of the barriers. We got to people have to admit that we're not as far, far apart as the political lines and the liberal media and whatever catchphrase or tag you want to say, we're not that far apart. A lot of people that vote Democratic are actually very conservative. They're conservative in their religion, they're conservative in their family life, but there's just something about the Republican Party that makes them not want to hop over that side. And it's probably some of the same things Republicans said there are probably some people that are Republicans that are very liberal in their lives, but there's just something about that party that just doesn't make them want to identify with. Okay. Fine. I I think I've seen this a graphic like this, that 
and I actually think I saw this on on a Republican channel or or right wing uh, right wing news that the country is mostly like a football field. The extremists are in the end zones, and pretty much everybody else is in the middle. Like everybody else is the actual field. So once if we can see that, maybe we can actually get along. Here's the problem that I here's here's the disagreement that I have though. That is 2021. Everyone for the most part, barring poverty, sickness, handicap, you have access to information. This is the this this generation or this time we have more access to information than we ever had before. If you are uninformed, it's because you choose to be uninformed. You can you can listen to something else. You can watch something else. And it's your phone. Your phone is a media center. You can't tell me, put the candy crush down, listen to the news from somebody outside of your bubble for five minutes. Stop thinking people are lizards. I mean, come on now. <laughs> it's, 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 it's to the point where it's getting a little ridiculous here. I agree completely that it is a little out of control with the things that people believe, you know, because we have often referred to the tinfoil hats and stuff. And, you know, I'm still trying to wrap my head around 5G being the reason why the virus is spreading. That that got me. But by the same token, not to try and belittle anybody's beliefs as much as the fact that you're right information is available at all turns and we can all utilize these smartphones that we have in our hands or your chromebooks or your computers or whatever i mean shoot, even you can access the internet through your fire sticks and whatnot if you really want to know something so there is truth in that i think sometimes you know the issue with that is who controls what you see because we all kind of make jokes about the fact that you could be talking about waffles and then look on Facebook and see an ad for Eggos and it's little things like that that kind of make people leery and I bring that up just to say that if you appear to be kind of leaning one way then social media specifically can kind of steer you more in that direction and not necessarily always provide a counterbalancing point, which oftentimes is needed in order to be able to make a well-rounded decision. This is true. I was just thinking to myself what I could say. And I was thinking I could say, well, somebody at least could put out some some propaganda or do do an ad about... um, learning something beyond your scope of belief and then I realized I have a platform why don't I do that why don't I tell people hey listen to a news source that's outside of your scope of belief 
or listen to some more information that's beyond what you believe. Listen to the opposite side. Listen to that. And just leave it as a as a PSA within uh, a YouTube video or, or, or my, my other podcast. You know, I can do this. So Or this one. Or this one. Yeah. So why why wait? Like just now. Like you just said it. And it's recorded and it'll be streaming on platforms everywhere. Nice. Like and subscribe right. if you please. Yeah, I was about to say good promo. Nice way to throw that out there. So. Okay, so I think we've talked about some of everything just now. <laughs> so I'll ask one more complex question. I think we'll we'll finish off. Okay, so there have been some items that have been named in the administration. Like COVID was mentioned, but Biden also talked about a package that he's proposing to go to Congress for stimulus, for raising the minimum wage. How do you feel about that? Oh Lord is right. <laughs> I haven't really studied the minimum wage thing out. I, I, okay, so I don't know what I don't know what that he's proposing as far as time frame or when, but he's proposing a fifteen dollar national minimum wage. Right. I look. I personally feel like the minimum wage should be enough for people to live on because currently minimum wage still has people in poverty and if the objective is to decrease the poverty level within your country then perhaps having a federal minimum wage be at least a livable wage makes sense you know, I, I've heard the arguments that people, you know, were enjoying collecting unemployment during some of these lockdowns because it was more than they were making when they were at work. If you can hear that and say that out loud, not understand that that's a problem, because obviously these people had jobs. They wanted to work. You know, I, I don't know anybody who went and got a job because they didn't want to work they people usually go get jobs because they want to earn a living so they can make money and provide for their families or provide for themselves or at the very least pay for whatever subscriptions they want something and to deny people an opportunity to be able to do that comfortably just doesn't make sense to me so i'm not against it you know I understand the idea that, well, if we raise the minimum wage, what happens to people who are already making that? Do they get a raise too? And, you know, I'm not a politician. I'm not a mathematician. I'm not even a statistician if we're going to go with all the issues there are out there. But what I will say is this is my opinion. These are my thoughts on the subject. And I'd like to think that the people who are 
looking into making these changes, actually take time to consider out the best way to do so and not just make a decision on a whim by the seat of their pants. I agree. I agree. Well said. I agree. Yeah. That's well said. That's well said. My my concern is exactly what the last part of what you said is, Terrence. The, you know, the no plan thing. We go or or we didn't think this through. We're gonna do it, and then we didn't think about it, and all this other stuff that you and I think about from you know the lamest terms, from the common man terms. We're looking at it as like you know you didn't ask the people that are actually. You know, going through this either. You know what I mean? It's like, like uh, corporate decisions. You didn't ask your workers anything. Yeah, <laughs> saying those type of things. So yeah, it sounds like a great idea on paper. When you get ready to implement it, I don't know. Some part, some part of me is wondering. And I've heard this fifteen dollar, you know, you know, minimum wage raise. Some part of me wonders if he's not going high to get them just to do something, maybe. Like I'm gonna come up with this this number here, and then but and they'll raise it at least to ten or something like that. But I mean, I think yeah, I think it would be good because uh, the companies and their bottom lines and their and inflation and everything else that we were taught about in school and in, in our basic economic classes, none of that stuff ever stopped. <laughs> Why did minimum wage go to a certain point and then stop? You know what I mean? The company's bottom lines, all these other places didn't stop. But I am concerned about that too. When I mention it, you know, every time in the past that they have raised minimum wage, these corporate giants and fat cats are not going to change their bottom line. They're not going to do it. They're not going to give up one more car. They're not going to, you know what I mean? When it comes down to it for them, they're going to make sure everything stays the same. That means we get a cut in the workforce, you know, now you can't have as many people on the job because they're raising minimum wage. Now, that's not to say that I disagree with it, because I know I sound like I'm talking out of two sides. I agree, and I think they should raise it, so let me say that part. I think they really should raise minimum wage, because I don't, I don't, I just don't get how economically you can keep going up and up and up on a McDonald's meal without ever changing <laughs> what you pay the people who, who are working at KFC. I can't say McDonald's because McDonald's had to go on strike to try to get better wages and they want that. So I can't use McDonald's wages from that standpoint. But down the block at KFC, they can barely afford McDonald's to take meal. And I don't know how you're going to change that, you know, from that standpoint. So I agree with that. I agree with that. So, um, and then what was the what was the other other issue you talked about? See the um, oh the stimulus. Oh, the, the there's a proposed another stimulus of as much as eighteen hundred something crazy like that. Uh, so they were <laughs> they're they're mentioning doing the full two thousand. So the six hundred dollar payments that just went out, they're saying that there would be an additional fourteen hundred dollars per person. So for everybody, everybody qualified for the six hundred, they get an additional fourteen hundred. That people that don't qualify still don't qualify. Apparently, yeah, they, they, they don't qualify. <laughs> if you don't qualify, I think I, qualify. I think I have a problem with that. I think I have a problem with us not taking care of our people. Okay, so do you know who does not qualify? Who? That's what I'm asking. Do you know who does not qualify? 
I know uh, if someone hasn't held a job, they don't qualify, correct? If they haven't held a job for most of the year. So say you, you're disabled, you don't you don't qualify? Or they do qualify? For the most part, it's taxpayers. The taxpayers qualify. The we're trying to think who would not qualify. The the non-qualifiers are people making too much money or yeah, people who make over a certain threshold don't qualify for stimulus. Or dependents. If you're someone else's dependent, you, you don't, don't get qualify. anything. That's whether you're that's whether you're a minor or an adult. See, all I needed was somebody to explain it to me. Now if you're a now if you're a mi- now this is the first stimulus. The first stimulus, the minors, like the children, you the parents got something extra for the children. Like I think with like five hundred dollars a piece. Yeah, five hundred dollars extra for each child, yeah. But that's only for like young children. That's not for like children seventeen or older. Right. So like if you have an eighteen year old kid in high school, you're not getting anything for that kid. Or if you have a nineteen year old qualifying for their own in college, you're not getting anything for that for that young adult either. So with, okay. with with the current stimulus, there's there's assistance for people that's working, and there's assistance for people that's not working. The I think there's always going to be a crack, but the main people that are being left out are the over earners. Right. And I can understand, you know, if we're trying to be equalitarian and include everybody then you can't leave out people who make over i think the threshold is like 75k for an individual and like 150k for a couple but just thinking about this in my kind of rational somewhat educated mind if you are financially in a place to where you're doing well getting a stimulus shouldn't really be an issue for you because you're doing well right you know and and i understand that people couples specifically i'm thinking about making 150k a year between the two of them may feel like yeah we're doing well but we're people we're citizens too and we should be entitled to that that's that's fair that's not a illogical idea you know I I think sometimes the problem with politics is that there's a certain sensibility for of just genuinely looking out for and concern for your fellow man even though they say my fellow Americans and all that kind of stuff it doesn't really apply and there's still this sense of selfishness and greed that still somewhat prevails uh, prevail is prevalent throughout uh, the circles of policy makers and for those reasons people who are overqualified find loopholes to end up reaping benefits that they don't necessarily need 
I know if I made over 150000 by myself, I wouldn't worry about the stimulus. jump in a little bit uh well i'll start with stimulus because that's the easiest people are broke (laughs) (laughs) well said well said people are broke and something that's not talked about that much is covid has actually caused a little bit of inflation prices are more expensive some things are more expensive than they were pre-covid because people are traveling less. There's more social distancing. And I I know for a little while gas went down, but now that people are traveling again, gas went back up. Right. Which means when gas prices go up, everything that travels by gas goes up. Congratulations. Right. And stuff that used to be 50... <laughs> I'll, I'll even use uh, one of Sean's analogies. You know, even, you know, the extra value meals probably went up a little bit. At yeah, I, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> which which brings me to one of my main problems, which is the $15 an hour minimum wage. Would I say that minimum wage should be $15 an hour? I don't know about that. Should minimum wage be raised? Oh, definitely. And here's the problem with it, that I think 15 is an okay number, simply because had they raised minimum wage the way that minimum wage should have been raised since it last got raised we probably would be at about 15 right now like if it went along with inflation and the way and you know cost of living we probably would be at about 15 dollars right now but okay like minimum wage is what 7.25 an hour Am I right? Something like that. It depends. It yeah, sounds, yeah. sounds about right. No, that's right. So minimum wage is seven twenty-five an hour. Uh, depending on your state, your state might be higher, but that's the federal uh, minimum wage. Okay. Okay. Once upon a time, let's say half of seven twenty-five is three dollars and change. That used to be an extra value meal. That used to be a Big Mac meal. So for 30 minutes of your time working, you could get you a Big Mac value meal. Now you can work a full hour and can't get a Big Mac value meal. How, what's up with that? Like, <laughs> 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 like, 
that goes to show you how much time of change. Like if there's if there's anything or any place that has the pulse of the economy, you have to admit it is McDonald's. McDonald's flows with the economy. Over so many billion served. <laughs> billions of dollars, billions of calories. That is a point. Like so so it's time to admit that employees have been getting and this could this could be a whole two, three part discussion. Employees at the not at the top of the shelf, but the mid to lower level employees have been getting mistreated for so long in businesses. Yeah. They they they're getting paid less than they did generations ago. They don't have the job security they did generations ago. I mean like once once upon a time and Maybe this is where Trump was talking about making America great again. Once upon a time, after you graduated high school, you was able to walk in your neighborhood to a local place where you could work there for the rest of your life, and you would get a pension. Not like that anymore. You'd be, days are gone. You, you'd be friends with your co-workers. You'd invite your boss over for dinner on special occasions, you know, and every now and then you get a promotion or a raise. And that would be that would be your life, and you would be good. You didn't you didn't need a degree. You didn't need certification. You, you know what I'm saying? Like all you needed was work ethic to show up, and that's all it took. And now you can go into a place with two years of college education, four years of college education, this certificate here, this uh, this you know uh, qualification there. And you don't get anywhere near the pay. You don't get anywhere near the security. And it's it's time to stop mistreating the average, everyday American and giving them enough to live a good life. I mean, I've, I've heard the statement that most people that are on food stamps work near full time hours. Like, what's up with that? Like, you shouldn't have to need assistance to buy your food if you're working full time. What kind of sense does that make in this in this country of all countries? Exactly, right? Like, like where we just got billions of dollars just flying around in metal contraptions in the air. Like we we got okay. So y'all are ex-military. Y'all y'all know how much tanks cost. Y'all know how much fighter jets cost. How often are those suckers actually being used? When's the last time you saw a dog fight? (laughs) A full on uh, air air battle, like what? A full on Top Gun dog fight. Yeah. I was going to say, last time I watched Top Gun. Not saying we want one, but still. Exactly, you know. No, we don't want one. But listen. Let's admit that we could be doing some better things with some of that money. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> it's not just, I mean, having them is one thing, but you still got to pay for maintenance. Like, yes. if we had 5,000 jets, if we, let's, let's just say we have 5,000 jets, and I'm pretty sure that that's nowhere close to the real number. But would it destroy, would it destroy the military if we just had 4,800 jets? <laughs> 
I mean, that would free up millions and billions of dollars. But hey. <laughs> Unfortunately, we still have this thing called greed. Oh, and yeah. that plays a place in this too. So like here in Washington, the tech boom brought a lot of people up to Washington, up to Seattle, up to Renton, up to uh, Bellevue, et cetera, et cetera. Landlords learned, hey, I can charge $200 more and they have to pay it. And that's been happening. The only reason I'm doing as well as I'm doing is because I have three roommates and we rent out a house. <laughs> that keeps my rent down. I would love to get an apartment to live by myself, but I can't because if I do, all of my dimes that I make is going to be going to rent. <laughs> And putting fuel in my car so I can go to work. So uh, there is that. And unfortunately, when people see dollar signs, they, they go for it. They go for it. And I'm talking about at a governmental level as well. They're not exempt. So they take, uh, so they reduce the military's jets from 5,000 to 4,800. Oh, look, we got all this extra money. And they immediately get amnesia. <laughs> we were going to do something with this, weren't we? Yeah, we were going to... Uh, what were we going to do? I don't know. Let's go get some hookers and cocaine. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Charlie Wilson's war got me on that. <laughs> but um, but unfortunately, this is the case. In, in this capitalistic society, that's why corporations are the way they are. They're running things, if I can say that. And as long as they got a say in, um, in, in the way, in the fashion, with the power that they have, they're going to have their say. It's going to take a pretty big man or a pretty big woman to say, no, you can't do that. We're going to do this. We got to care about people. Not just about your bottom line. Okay, well, fellas, I think it's time to wrangle this horse into the stable. But before we go, anybody have any other last words, any other thoughts that they want to say? Okay. With that note, we want to thank everybody for their time and energy. We want to again say to please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you once again for listening. And I'm going to pass it off to Terrence for the closing. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Good night. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace. I got to have a good one. Good night, everybody. <laughs>